1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Episode 12 of the Paddle and Finn podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian. Alongside me is... Scott. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking uh, some various topics. Tackle storage, some fishing trips, tactics we took, and such like that. And um, New kayak search. New kayak search. Some, some new devices we've seen on the market. Hmm. I like the sounds of that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, unfortunately, you know, we were supposed to have Jay Randall on this podcast, um, but we'll get into that a little later. Jay's been a little under the weather, so Jay, if you're out there, we love you. Hope you're doing good. But um, yeah, man, so... We're going to start with a new segment. Oh, tonight. that's right. Do you have the uh, bag? The bag. For the live stream? Yeah. Coffee talk. I like it. So we figured all these fishermen and hunters, you know, like ourselves, you always start out your day with a fresh cup of brew. So uh, we figured we'd try a different brand of coffee every podcast, give you our feedback. Tonight we're drinking Caribou Blend. Oh, well, it's by Caribou Coffee, Caribou Blend, Medium Roast, Whole Bean. Check our Instagram story feed. We got uh, a little video series of us grinding up some beans some and new appliances new appliances yep. that's right we're at the new paddle and fin headquarters <laughs> up here in delavan wisconsin he- worldwide headquarters <laughs> we're going worldwide that's now that's right huh? that's so. right that's right so what do you think of the coffee man super <clears throat> smooth it's kind of got like an earthy undertone for sure but it's it's not like too dark no it's got a real smooth flavor man i, I like dig it. it man it's not acidic you know, usually yeah. I'm drinking like Starbucks and stuff. Oh, I know, I know. And like I was telling you earlier, I made some for my wife earlier, and you know, she thought uh, 
it tasted like motor oil. <laughs> but no, this is really good. Really good. I, I, I was telling you, I don't think I've ever had <clears throat> caribou coffee before. And uh, this is a first for me. So. Well, I used to have one right by the house, and I loved it, man. Yeah. I really did. And then it went away. And uh, yeah, this is, we were walking in the brand new Fleet Farm. Fleet Farm. Oof. And uh, the place like- was mobbed. Toys R Us for adults. <laughs> I think there was much. a couple times we said we're in Disneyland right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that place will definitely put Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops out of business. I tell you what. I mean, it's at awful. least their stock, shelves were stocked with stuff, unlike our Cabela's here locally. But, yeah, this is some good brew, man. Smooth and classic. You know, and since we're live streaming this, you know what I think makes it taste even better? What's that? Oh, yeah. The Pavlin Finn official coffee mug. Absolutely. Right. These will be for sale in our store. They we're, will. We were yep. talking about that at lunch today. You got the Paddle and Fin logo on one side. And the opposite side has got the different logo. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll touch on that towards the yeah. end of the episode about the uh, the store. I, I think this is definitely a, uh, a repeat purchase, this coffee. It's oh, great. yeah, dude, for yeah, sure. I think I could definitely get away from the starbucks and stock up on this stuff for sure because uh i think the price wasn't bad what was this bag like seven bucks i think it was less than that even yeah it for the price i mean it was awesome good so highly recommended caribou medium yeah good stuff check it out for sure so tonight brian on the show we want to talk a lot about um i know i struggle with this Sure, and uh, I'm assuming our users or listeners struggle with this as well, and that's tackle management on the kayak. I can definitely relate. I've 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 made some adjustments, you know, out of my bonafide for sure, um, and I'm still struggling a little bit. Yeah. So well, or, and I guess the whole thought here would be, you know, I, I'm used to. Let, let me tell you how not to do it. <laughs> so I take my gargantuan tackle box that weighs 180 pounds and i literally just i want everything so i throw it into my my kayak sure and off we go and of course as we're switching lures and doing all that good stuff can't find things um so i started thinking about it and i thought you know what would it be better you know i've got that little what do you call it that table tray thing in the front of my yeah kayak yeah, yeah for the that new holds two 3700s i think yeah 7300 <clears throat> 7300 yeah and um and I started thinking, like, because on my Canada trip, one thing I did was I got tired of searching for stuff. Or, like, my uh, my tails for my chatterbaits are in this, you know, and my chatterbaits are in this box. And, you know, all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, so sure, sure, sure. I thought maybe what I should do is take a big single storage bin mm-hmm. and put a little bit of everything in it. Sure. Right? Sure. Favorite colors, that whatever. But I've got spinners. you got uh, buzz baits. you got chatters. you got some plastics in there. And then, you know, maybe divided amongst two of them or something like that. But I was just kind of brainstorming, thinking there's got to be a better way than just bringing a gargantuan tackle box and trying to figure out what you're going to do. What, do you, what are well, your thoughts? Well, we just fished, what was it, last week, right? Was it yeah. your birthday? Yeah. Happy birthday, Scott. Everybody say happy birthday. That's I'm on trying to forget stream. them now, but that's all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we went out fishing, and I remember you made a statement to me um, that – you kind of went minimal with all your gear and how much easier it was. And it was so much more enjoyable. See, and, I, you know, I totally get that fact. Like, um, we'll, we'll get into this segment a little bit later, but I just recently last weekend took a trip with Jay Randall, um, and we are fishing new water, well, somewhat new water, 
But uh, when you're doing that and you don't know what the fish are biting on, you want everything. You want you, everything, right? yeah. But what I seem to do is, because um, I'm running my Bonafide SS-127 with a Yak Attack Black Pack in the back, mm -hmm. and then Bonafide's got that center console, you know, kind of down between your foot pegs. So what, and you got your junk tray underneath your seat. But what I have done is I've taken my junk tray out of the boat. Right. And I got a big Plano box that I stuff with all my bags of plastics and stuff. But what I've been doing is actually pulling out baits, you know, like for say a spinner bait, uh, buzz bait, whopper plopper, um, you know, some jigs, whatever. And I'll stuff that in that plastics bin under my seat or put it in that center console sure. dry box. Sure. That way I got a little bit of everything and I'm not having to turn around and reach behind right. me and pull stuff out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it definitely saves a little bit of time, a little bit of aggravation for sure. Um, I would love the bay tray or the junk tray that Bonafide put in there. Right. But the problem is, is during transport, right? If you leave a bunch of stuff in there, you know, then it's going to go flying out when you're going down the road, depending right. on how you're transporting your kayak. Sure. You know, if that was an actual slide-out, like, plastic Plano box, attention bonafide, right. that would be a stellar idea. Sure, sure. Um, so what I actually recently did, uh, because I was fishing the home lake, was I took a bunch of plastics and a bunch of just terminal tackle and various lures and threw them in a small plastic, smaller plastic 7300 box that I had in my garage sure. and threw that under there. Still have the black pack in the back of the boat, but I'm not having to turn around and reach for anything mm -hmm. unless I get broke off sure. you know, whatever. Sure, so, sure. But we just, uh, you know, like we mentioned, we were just at Fleet Farm up here in Wisconsin, and they had, uh, it was the Plano. It's the V-Crate. Plano V crate, and that seems like it's specifically designed for kayaks. It is. I'm looking at it right now, and um, what's the retail on that? Like 120 bucks or something? Um, it was, I think. Yeah, it was like 129. I think yeah. is what it was. 130 bucks. But it, for those on on uh, listening to the show and, and maybe uh, can't see us, whatever, uh, it looks like a V, right? If you're looking down on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a probably what would you say uh, 18 inches tall, maybe. Maybe closer to 16. 16. 16 to 18. And it's it's got a uh, it unclips, it opens up. It's got two on the on the two sides of the V. You can put those two seventy three seventy three hundreds right in there. Um, and then of course it's got like this rubber. What do you call it? It's almost like a uh, a secure strap. Yeah, that you can pop then, out and then grab whatever you want. But yeah, it, and then it also had a rail system on each side. So if you want to put a fish finder or yeah. a robo, a, you know, rotogrip or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could, you know, put a GoPro mount sure. on it, a rod holder. Yeah, I mean, anything that goes in your normal track on your kayak. What I didn't get was the bottom had, like, these four tabs with holes in them. I'm assuming that's to, to tie them into your rails on your kayak. That could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Or would you strap it, you think? Do you have rails in the back of your Bonafide? Uh, yeah, I got rails all over the okay, place. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the thing about that, that was from the design aspect of it is it was shaped in a V so it could go in the front right. of your boat. It can go in the, the back. back. Sure. Um, I mean, me personally, 
I don't think I would buy one of those just because I have the black pack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the layout in the back of the Bonafide is pretty much made for that. Sure. Um, but I think, it, like, in your new canoe, because you got that back V mm -hmm. in the back of the Frontier, that would fit in there perfect. But then, like we said, you're turning around, swiveling around. Right. But you could put that up in front in place of uh, where that, that tray system, that tray system right. goes. Right. You know? I don't know. You know, it's I just what I struggle with, and it's always the case. I don't care if I'm in a kayak. I don't care if I'm in a fishing boat. Sure, brother-in-law's nitro. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm always without what I, you know, what I want. So I always want to bring my entire tackle box. And no I doubt. There's, there's got to be a better way. Sure. You know what I mean. Well, and not only that, but you know, less weight in your kayak, the right. easier paddling sure. going to be for sure. sure. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, I get that. I mean, I remember. As a kid, you know, pre-fishing tournaments with my old man. And that freaking guy, I tell you what, man, he, he had three of every color of everything. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. So trying to find something, which I know the old man listens to this, and he's probably laughing hysterically <laughs> right now, and he's like, yep, three wasn't enough. Um, but, you know, it, um, it was frustrating at times, you know? Sure. I remember trying to find something. I'm like, look, man, where is this? Uh, it's in that Walmart bag in the back seat under the, right. you know, like seriously, sure. dude, like how is anybody going to find anything in mm -hmm. your boat? But, you know, um, kayak a little different because you're individual fishing and, you know, it's sure. totally going to be dependent. I mean, I know when we did the iCast episode, I had seen something and I forget the name of it, but it was, uh, <clears throat> you know, I use some tools where they use a, it's called a sustainer system where all these, like, the 7,300 boxes would lock together. Yeah. Um, and they were coming out with that this year, and I, I got to look it up and figure okay. out who that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with that option, you could have, like, all your common stuff, that your, your go-to stuff. Sure. In one box, all the rest of your stuff in the other ones. Right. Have the go-to up by your seat, leave the other ones in the back, and then if you run out, you mm -hmm. get to turn around and whatever. Sure, you know? sure. But, yeah, I think that's – it's funny. And I'm sure every single angler is going to be different mm -hmm. from a kayak perspective on how they store their stuff, how they organize their stuff. You know, now that I think about it, you know, fishing with Jay this past weekend and loading and unloading his gear out of my truck, you know, he had, like, a couple of these little bags. And, he, like, this one was plastic worms. This one was, like, plastic creature baits. This one was spinner baits. Right. He had some Plano boxes. Yep. Um, and then he's got uh, what is it? The J crate that Jackson makes. Mm -hmm. You know, Mister Jackson over sure. there. He's got his fancy cooler fancy things. things yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy <laughs> pants, Jay. But uh, yeah, so he um, he puts that in the back of his Kusa. You know, so it's the same thing. You're still turning around. You know. Well, the one thing I like that you do. And it's going to be kayak specific. Is you got that really big? That's got to be three and a half, four inches deep. That big one you slide under your seat. Yeah, and that's it's got all your bags of plastics. Yeah. So <clears throat> my new canoe, I can fit. I think a, a you know a very thin one underneath my sure, seat. Sure. Um, and then I've got the the two up front. So I think what I really have to do is come back and go. Okay, I want to try to break. I guess all my depths of fishing and all my approaches. Yeah, that makes maybe sense. Maybe into three. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I, I really like that idea that you did because it makes it really easy. You know if you need something plastic, it's right there. Well, it's funny you say that, you know, because it. I guess it would depend, too, on, like, the season you're fishing. Well, sure, and what you're going for. You know, yeah. like like right now, like I said, I took that bigger plastic uh, container out. Yeah. And I have a smaller one now. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's got all my Z-Man plastics and then a few assorted plastic things um that I threw in there, but then I also threw some of those baits in there. Um, you know, so it's like come springtime, that whole box is going to be completely sure. different than what it is for fall. Sure, sure. You know, so you can kind of rotate out. You know, it's just, you know, my biggest struggle is, I think, uh, when it comes to managing tackle, is if I'm not catching fish on a certain bait and I'm retying, I take that bait, I take off, and I throw it in that storage container right, right between my legs. And then give it a month, and that thing is a mess. Right. And I got to completely go through it. And that's just me being lazy and not, sure. you know, going through, cleaning it out, organizing it after every trip, you know. And when you paddle three, four, five, six miles, sure. you know, in a day, yep. you know, you're, you know, plus a million casts, you're tired. You don't want to mess with that, you know. Or lately, you know, we've been taking trips, so it's like. I don't want to mess with that. I no, want right. to get on the road and get home, you know. So plus, while you're while you're on the water, <clears throat> you want to get your lure in the water. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to spend sure. a whole lot of time trying to. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, do that yeah. Kind of stuff. Well, especially you know, I think from like a tournament aspect, sure. like you know, um, I know I've I've mentioned next season. You know, I'm planning on fishing uh, a few tournaments. Which ones I haven't decided yet, but you know. Pre-fishing, I'm going to figure out what baits are working for me and what's not. Right. And when it comes to what's working for me, that's what's going to be in that smaller tackle sure. box right sure. under my seat ready to go. Sure. You know, so. Oh, I, I think where it gets even more complex, though, is if we're talking individual lures, that's one thing. Sure, sure. If we're talking, like, tie and drop shots and now you got all the components. Sure, or, you know, sure. or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or even Ned Rig, like, all of a sudden you got your, your jig heads and you got your... Your plastic back ends, and you know what I mean, like so, so weights I, for the crawl, uh, the crawdads. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know how you have your stuff organized, but I know in my black pack I have a seventy three hundred box that I have it's all uh, terminal tackle, mark terminal, and it's all terminal tackle, uh, um, offset hooks, um, jig heads, wide gap hooks, jig heads, football jigs, yep, um, weights, you know. Mm-hmm. All my terminal stuff is at one bin. box. And it's labeled. Um, and, yeah, and it's pretty full of stuff. I could actually probably get away with sure, doing two. Sure, But I stuff it all into one, so that way I got that stuff one all place in to one go. place. Yep. You know? So, you know, if I'm throwing plastics, you know, I have everything I need right there. Same thing with my Ned Rig heads are in there. You know, uh, I do keep some in my Z-Man plastic mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that seems to help me out quite a bit is just having – all my terminal stuff, bam, in one box instead of, you know, I know some people are, you know, have their stuff scattered. Like they'll put their offset hooks with this certain plastic that they're going to use them with. Right. They'll put their Ned Rig hooks with their TRD stuff. I don't know. To me, it doesn't make sense that way. You know what I mean? Keep like things together. Well, I did the same thing in my tackle. My tackle box is massive. It's one of those big Cabela's ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old seven or eight of the right. seventy three hundreds, you know. Sure. <clears throat> and like I'll have all my cranks in one, right? All my. But the problem is like, like or like top water. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so all of a sudden I've got whopper ploppers. I've sure. got uh, uh, you know frogs. I've got uh, ro- topwater rapalas. Right. I've got poppers. I've, and all of a sudden you've got this mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's almost like I, I almost like should think ahead and be like, okay, I'm, if I do topwater today, I'm going to bring a buzz bait, one or two buzz baits, and I'm going to bring maybe a, a you know. A couple of frogs. You had me at Buzzbait. I know. I know. It's your favorite. That's my favorite bait. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. No, for sure. And then just bring bring four lures instead of... Sure. Well, you know. I think we talked about in the fir- absolute first podcast we did. Um, I know when we got into kayak fishing, the first thing I did was downsize my tackle box. You totally did. And I bought some... Um, forget what brand i think it was like a boo garcia but is that what you did like though that. like you actually i i downsized my box and mm-hmm. then i bought extra boxes yeah and filled those up so i could interchange interchange them, all. them you know like okay i'm going on this is my master box yeah. of top water and then i'm going to pick whatever i want right yeah or put it into my you smaller know, box i'm going to this lake so i need this box that box right. and this box throw that gotcha. in the bag gotcha um so that way it was it was less tackle less weight, you know, things like that. But then you know how that always goes. You get to that body of water and you start fishing and you're like, hmm, wish I had that bait. Don't have my crank box. All right. (laughs) You know where that's at. Yep, that's sitting on the bench in the garage. Yep, yep. This was smart downsizing, you know, but we we went to the river that one day. We talked about it. I didn't think I was gonna use crankbaits. Yeah. And that that's the only thing I caught fish on. And I forgot my plastics box (laughs) and I had to borrow plastic crayfish from you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, but that, that's the thing though. Like as fishermen, like you don't want to be caught with your pants down, right? You want to be caught with, you know, you want to have everything at your disposal. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, the problem absolutely. is, there's, you know, I'm I'm the opposite where it's yeah. just like I don't have time to go through this. I'm gonna throw it all in there. And that's the it. thing. Like in a kayak, you're so limited. Whereas if we were in a Ranger 621V, Mister Fancy Pants, right. Scott Purs, right, we'd have every lure under the sun. No, you know, for sure. just like my old man when oh, he had yeah. his 20 foot skeeter. You know, yeah. he yeah. had all these, you know. All the storage compartments filled with baits. Well, it's like when I go out with my brother-in-law on his nitro, you know. I don't mind bringing my tackle box. Guess sure. what? I yeah. can stand up. I can yeah. sit down. Yeah. I can take yeah. my time sorting through it. Like, when I'm, when you're in the kayak, you're also limited mobility-wise. Sure. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, you can stand up and fish, but you're not going to stand up and hold your tackle box and <laughs> dig through lures. Meanwhile, yeah, no, dropping right. tight like putting, putting a box over here and a box over here and digging through this. And right. You can't do that in a, in a kayak, yeah. you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. I mean, you know, you guys listening at home and, you know, on your drive to work, whatever, uh, we'd be interested to hear from you guys, you know, some tactics that yeah, you guys use. Yeah, for sure. You know. Um, I think that's a good term because, to be honest, it requires some forethought and um, some approach, right? As sure. As far as, like, you know. Well, I mean, I think that's anything that has to do with kayak fishing, and I think that's why we all enjoy it so right. much. It, it's a very tactical-oriented thing, you know? It it's not like you can just jump in the boat and go. No, right. You know? Right. Um, you got to plan out your tackle management, how you're going to store your rods, why you're in transit, why you're on the water. Right. And they're know? different. Yeah. It, totally and different. it's different for everybody. It is. You right. know? Yeah. No, so for sure. It's, it's interesting, you know? Um you know, we've both fished with uh, a few different kayak anglers, and, you know, it's interesting to see everybody's setup, mm-hmm. you know, from a different point of view. And I think we've touched on that before, where you kind of pick little tips and tricks up from everybody um, to kind of perfect your own right. tactics, so yep. to speak, to, yep. 
to manage that stuff. So well, and since we're on the, you were mentioning, you know, storing your tackle or storing your rods, like while you're in transit versus not, etc. Tell us about your Newton trip because that that involved a lot of that, right? I mean, as far as your camper, your yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it's the first time you actually did. Is it no? The second time now you've done them on top, right? Yeah, yeah. But this time, um, so the first trip I took with my cousin Eric. Shout out to Eric. I know he's watching right now. Um, the first trip uh, when I took with Eric, uh, he fished out of my Pelican, and I fished out of the Bonafide. And I actually took the seat off my Bonafide. Um, the only thing I kept in my boat was my rods, because on the Bonafide you could store the rods in the hull of the boat. But I flipped it upside down. Um, this time around, uh, I went down south with Jay Randall. Um, and you went to he, Newton. Yeah, we went to Lake Newton, uh, which is by uh, Shelbyville, Charleston, Illinois area. Mm-hmm. And Jay was fishing out of his Jackson Liska. Um, I had my Bonafide, and I actually left my Bonafide sitting up. Jay's like, why are you going to flip that over? You know, because the Bonafide's got that tri-hull design. Right. So it sits flat. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's try it. We start driving down the road, and I'm like, I think I told you today. I'm like, first mile and a half, kayak hasn't blown off the roof of the truck. It ain't going to blow off the rest <laughs> of the way, you know. So it made it totally fine. Um, but, you know, I take my black pack off. I take my plastics box off. I take my little um, dry box storage that comes with right. the kayak off. Um, and I throw that in the back of my truck. Sure. The rods always stay in, inside inside my boat. Whereas Jay, um, he put his rods across the bed in the back of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um and then he had his his uh, J crates in the back of the truck and things like that. Sure. Um, but when we were going to and from the campground to the lake, um, I leave my black pack in because we put the kayaks just in the bed of the sure. truck. I leave my all my stuff virtually in place. Yep. Um, except for my seat, I had to take my seat off because Jay's got the bigger Liska. So it was kind of, you know, here's my boat. His was kind of laying over the side a little bit of the Bonafide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just took my seat off, threw it in the corner. Jay always keeps his seat on because I forget how the Jackson one works. I think it's got pins okay. that go through part of the plastic of the boat and then through the leg of the oh, okay. Of so the it locks seat. it in. Yeah, it kind of locks it in. Sure. Um, so he leaves his seat in, but he reclines it all the way back. But, you know, me, I always leave my bonafide seat up in the highest position. Sure, sure. So, you know, I could have dropped it down, but what's the point? No, right. You know, i got to pull it out of the sure. the holders, the seat holders anyway. anyway so I yep. might as well just throw it in the corner. Um, but I think he left his crate in the back of the boat. No, I take that back. He threw it behind my seat because I was, like, driving crunched on the, you know, steering wheel like this. He's like, sorry, man, I know I took your room. Like, Why don't you stuff this stuff behind your seat? You're like a foot shorter than I am, dude. You know, but whatever, it worked. Um, so, I mean, that's the big thing, too. I mean, you know, it's funny when I fish with you, I fish with Jay. Like, I pull my boat out of the back of the truck. I pull my rods out of the front nose of my boat, and I put them in my rod holders. Mm-hmm. And I left my seat in place, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you get... Like you with your new canoe, you got to screw your seat on. Um, you know, sometimes you put that front deck on, 
Then you put your tackle in, get your rods out, whatever. Same thing with Jay. You sure. know, he's putting his crate in there. Sure. Putting his feet back up to normal height. Um, he's got the rod holders that go in his rail system, so he just kind of drops those down and lays them flat. Sure. During transport, and then he's got to unscrew them and then straighten right. them up. Straighten them up. You know, so it, it's funny, like, I, you know, everybody's like, man, you got your system down. And I'm like, no, it's just kind of like the – the system of the boat sure you know sure. the way that that bonafide's design sure sure super easy you know um you know so i mean you know it, it all depends but that's the thing everybody gets a system and that's like how jay is with his kusa because he trailers that mm-hmm. boat it's he his does. pedal yep. drive and uh, you know he gets everything set up he launches his boat off the trailer and then he comes back down, he jumps in his boat, and he goes. He goes. Sure. But he's still got some setup time. Well, sure, you know? sure, but, sure, sure. You yeah. know, it's different for everybody, but I think if you can manage those little details and kind of get a system down, you know, you know, not only tackle, but rods, you know, depth finders, things like that, you know, so. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely kayak-specific. Sure. Sure. Whether you're managing tackle, whether you're managing just getting out of the water. Well, I think that's where know? I was going. Whereas a whereas a big boat, you just drop that thing in the water and you go. Right. You know, it I is mean? what it you is. You don't Everything's have to worry there. about. No. Yeah. You, you. Yeah. You have a rod locker. You know, in a boat, but all you're doing is opening that up, pulling out the rods, and you start fishing. You My know? brother-in-law's man, that nitro. He opens that thing up. It's like a, it's like a wine cellar. Oh yeah. I mean, it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like fishing Scott. with. That's the same way with fishing with Scott Purs. I think he's got like. 14 rods up in the no, front sure. rod locker sure. you know yeah you know all the trolling rods and yeah. stuff and then he's usually got jigging rods um <laughs> rangers got a thing on the side of the on uh, the passenger side mm-hmm. where you can put a bunch of rods and there's a strap that comes out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know if the nitro it does like on the yeah. front deck yeah 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 well here's what was funny so we went to canada and uh he's like sorry man but i don't got any any room for you, your rods in the rod storage? I was like, "What?" Yeah, and I'm like, "What? Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah." So they we, mine transported on the deck. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, of course, there's like a nine mile <coughs> stone dirt road. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so like we get we get dust. to the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can barely reel it. You know, it's like they're chunking <laughs> through sand. You know. Yeah, there's gravel. Oh yeah. In the ball yeah. bearings. Yeah. Well, I remember that's how my old man's uh, skeeter was. He had. Um, on the deck, there was like straps, so you could put the rods flat on the deck and then run the strap over it, it yep. for like running across the lake. Sure. And then when he was trailering, he'd throw in right. the actual right, rod right, locker. Right. But yeah. and all, I mean, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. Everything was fine. Hey, but. we're not exaggerating. <laughs> when it comes to Uncle Todd and his fancy nitro boat, you know, it's an awesome boat, man. But, I love it. Uh, so you you went out on um, on your home lake. And slam some bass just this week. Well, I guess let's back that up a second because okay. we should talk about Newton. Oh, that's right. We never Newton, finished Newton. Newton was, well, right. it could go either way. But um, so Lake Newton, if uh, you guys aren't familiar with, um, it's a hydraulic power plant cooling lake mm-hmm. in southern Illinois. Um, so the first time I actually fished this lake was the middle of February. It was like 40 degrees outside. Sure. And they, the lake is kind of in the shape of a V. And you have the warm water side and the cold water side. So warm water's discharge, cold water's intake. Um, but normally a lot of guys fish that cold water side because that warm water side, the water temps can 
usually run anywhere between 80 and 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. So that's going to make fish act lethargic. Um, But me and Jay went down. Jay had never fished it. He's heard many things. Um, He ended up catching a few fish. I got skunked, you know, and it was like, what am I doing wrong? But at the same time, I found out. But like, you already listened to our last episode, so you, yeah, you were good. Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was frustrated, but you know, I started thinking after we got off the water and we're in the camper and we're cooking dinner or whatever, and you know, we're talking about it, and I'm like, man, I'm like, I found out an hour before we left. Yeah. I saw my old man, and he was telling me that John Gillespie, uh, he has a TV show called Woods and Waters. Just filmed the show down there like two weeks Ed ago, Newton. and it just aired. So yeah, there was there was a ton of boats down there. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and off the V of the lake, there's all these like separate little fingers and coves and stuff that sure. you can go back into, and that's usually where the fish are holding up. Well, the one cove, I mean, there was I saw twelve boats come out of there before we even got in there. Right, right, right. You right. know, so and because the temperatures were so cold, we waited to get on the water. And it, um, once we got on the water, you know, there's people out there already. So you figure 10, 12 boats come out of this cove. Mm-hmm. There's at least two fishermen per boat. Yep. Times that 12 times two, that's 24. So that's 24 different lures minimum those fish saw before we even got to them. Sure. So it's high pressure, you know? Sure. So, but the thing about this lake is because it's so warm year-round, those fish are grown year-round. Right. And they're saying the next Illinois state record can come out of there. Sure. And I know just on Instagram, uh, I think it was last week, I posted a throwback Thursday picture. And that fish um, was from Lake Newton. It, it was. was. A five I didn't pound, know that. It was okay. a five-pound bass. Okay. I mean, I had long hair, you know, looked all fruity. And, you, were, uh, you were mullet. Oh, dude. Yeah, that was awesome. I used to rock the skater mullet, that's for <laughs> sure. But, uh, you know, my old man had taken me down there for my birthday. My birthday's in February, and he, he had seen it, the same thing. I think it was Gillespie or uh, Denny Brower owns a lodge down there okay. right off the lake. Mm-hmm. And he had seen it on TV, and he's like, hey, we should go do this for your birthday. You know, he, he doesn't work in the winters. And sure. I was like, yeah, sure, why not, you know? And we slammed some fish, you know, but, and big fish, healthy fish. Um, you know, we were catching them on jigging a pig. Um, when I say jigging a pig, a uh, uh, football jig with a Uncle Josh's pork trailer mm-hmm. on the back. And I tried that tactic when I was down there. I tried numerous things. And that was funny is Jay caught two fish. One was on a 12-inch worm yeah. with a shaky head, jig head. Right. And the other one was on a white spinnerbait. So there's no pattern there. No, right. You know, like, I think it was just, you know. Finding the fish. Finding fish, and they were biting, you know. But um, it was a struggle, man. So then, you know, we were talking that night, and I'm like, the campsite isn't on Newton. Mm -hmm. It's actually in another state park 20 minutes away. Got it. Uh, Sampar Fish and Wildlife area. Um, Which is funny because that lake is in the shape of a v as well and it's got all these little fingers and sure, stuff sure sure so i you know me and jay looked up that lake and we're talking we're like maybe we should just fish this tomorrow morning it's supposed to be raining it's sure. going to be cold like why drive the 20 minutes away we can drive two minutes to the launch 
fish another different body of water. Um, it's supposed to hold some decent bass, so let's give it a shot. And we actually got into some fish. Uh, we were catching them on uh, chartreuse and white chatterbaits, and I think the biggest fish was like 17 inches or something. But we caught a slew of fish between 14 and 17 inches. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think we had two or three that were over 16 um, but they were hunkered to tree structure that was in the water, similar to what it was on Evergreen Lake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, throwing those chatterbaits, man, and they were coming right off the bottom of the logs and coming up and just smacking Hammered them. Yep. But there was also, it was weird. Half the bites were, like, super aggressive. The other half, those fish were just Swiping coming up and, it. like, right. just mouthing it. Right. And you just see the, it'd be more you'd not feel the chatterbait blade vibrating anymore it, it just goes go solid yeah and you'd have to set the hook right away just otherwise you weren't going to get no, it right, yeah. Right, right, right yeah and i mean i set the hook on you know grass you know just because i right. felt you that felt blade stop. stop but you know if not you weren't going to get those fish sure. so it was kind of funny you know but uh some healthy fish for sure um it was definitely a cool lake and it was funny um we ran into one other boat on the lake the whole morning there no was, one was out. nobody out there, mm-hmm. nobody in the parking lot, nothing. So everybody goes to Newton. So this lake, you know, didn't really get pressured much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were fishing all over. And we probably only fished a, maybe a quarter of that lake. We were up in the one, one part of the V, and we went to the furthest north we could go. Um, and then we floated back down. We almost got to the bottom of the V, but there was a bunch of coves we didn't go sure, into. Sure, sure. Um, there was a real nice rock wall where the dam is there Yeah. that we wanted to fish, but we ran out of time. Sure. So that was pretty unique. But uh, And yeah. you guys fished the cold water side, not the warm water. We did. Talk about your theory we there. We did. Yeah, so we talked about this, me and you. Um, we fished the cold water side, and, and nine-tenths out of the time um, – Nine out of ten times, mm-hmm. you know, people are fishing that cold water side. Mm-hmm. That's usually holding more active fish. Sure. Um, the hot water side does hold the um, fish, don't get me wrong. But the more active ones are going to be in that supreme water temp that they like. But what was funny is, you know, I said that we saw 10 or 12 boats come out of that one finger before we got into it. All those boats, except for like two ran over to the warm water side right so and you could hear boats running over there you know because there's just a strip of land sure. separating the two sure yep so you could hear those guys running over there and you know that was a, a a conversation that came up between me and jay that night was you know maybe we should go try the warm water side mm-hmm. but then it was like you know i think what was going on is there was a tournament that weekend not 100 percent sure so sure. that could have been another reason for all the boats and stuff in there but you know who knows i mean we could have gone and tried you know but well and then later that same week or yeah you went fishing on your on your home lake and you got a bunch of bass yeah yeah well it started out with uh you came out one evening after work it's a monday i think monday or tuesday something like that Yeah. yeah you came out and we fished for a couple hours and it was kind of slow, but we caught some fish. Right out of the gate, I, I landed a northern. I yeah. Think, I think yeah. you had a couple bass. Yeah, you had a northern. I was tossing, uh, 
think it was tossing the crayfish. And I missed like four or five. You were fish. saying you couldn't hook them up. Yeah. Like they kept running at the boat, or yeah. I just I was laid on the hook set something. Um, and then I changed up, and I got a couple bass. Yep. Um, and then I went out again because it was like I better take advantage of this sure. warmer weather. I mean, it wasn't super warm, mm-hmm. but I was able to fish in a t-shirt. And then more recently, it's cold. It's cooled down. And I've been like bundling up and freezing my tush off, oh, right. you know. But uh, it's funny in that week time period, those fish have like changed so much, and they've bulked up a ton. You can tell. Well, like, the pictures you sent of those bass—I mean, they were like super chunky. Oh, super chunky! There was one bass I thought for sure it was, you know, four pounds and you know twenty inches, and I get it in the boat and it's fifteen, right, and it's just right, bloated, right. you know. <laughs> So it just goes to show you, like, that fall bite, is it's like a light switch, and then they just start feeding and right. feeding. Um, but um, I think uh, I did catch some fish on the crayfish when we were out. And then you caught them on the spinner, I believe. It was a spinner or a buzz? It was, no, it was just, oh, no, it was a buzz. It you're was right. a buzz, yeah, you're right, because we were going back towards mm-hmm. the launch, and I, I, I banged three right there by the launch. So on the way back to the launch... I think uh, we were kind of communicating once we got close enough. And I was telling you, I was seeing all kinds of topwater activity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the funny thing about that was I had a, a another northern on the chatter. I didn't get him right. into the boat, but sure. got him up to the side of the boat. And then um, uh, the weird thing was, as I was paddling, uh, getting back to the slip, there were bass hitting stuff on the top water right next to the kayak yeah yeah yeah. i've never seen that before yeah. we're like it's not like a bluegill like you scare him and he goes away like, right big swirl right next to the boat and then you see a v just <laughs> take off You're like, no way right right it was super cool well that's funny because a couple days later i went out and we were talking about it i mm-hmm. i was like dude the pike are on fire right right and i was throwing that uh, white and chartreuse mm-hmm. chatterbait I was throwing down um, at Sam Parr. And I probably hooked in an eight or nine pike, and I think I got one or two in the boat. The rest <laughs> all came off at the side of the boat because I didn't have Maybe my net. Not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were just just hammering it. And I lost one on uh, on a number four Black Fury Meps as well. Okay. And dummy me, I wasn't thinking I didn't have a leader on, and I tied that onto a rod that had eight pound test so <laughs> it was fluoro uh, right yeah. yeah and i or no 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 it was braid oh it was, it braid. was eight pound braid oh, okay but i got the fish in the boat he flopped the line cut on his tooth and he there he went over the side of the boat with my number four maps <laughs> going back to tackle storage i took my map spinner box out because i had one in the boat so oh, so you couldn't even have another one no to to. so i'm like casting trying to hook this yeah, guy again i'm right. like yeah this happened i caught three other ones in the meantime right you know? right 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 but uh and then more recently it's it seems like all these fish have just pushed up against shore in the evening after that water's warmed up mm-hmm. and I've been tossing a black spinner bait. Yeah. And it's actually if you guys follow along on our YouTube channel, it's the spinner bait I found when I was up in Hayward, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. On that rock on a log. Or log, it's and uh, I tied that thing on and banged a cup a couple fish up there in Hayward with it. So I had pulled that out and I've been fishing that. It's a, a black booyah um, 
spinner bait with a big uh, silver Colorado blade. Yep. Yep. And I've been just tossing that parallel to the shore and working it real mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. And they're just hammering it, man. Hammering yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I've also gotten them on the drop shot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know we talked about briefly, um, man, it was probably like episode two or three, you know, about uh, new techniques. Picking some new techniques to right. try out and perfecting for the year. Yep. And then adding that to our arsenal of tactics and building off that. And then, you know, next year we're going to pick some new ones and right. do those. And then we got them in the storage box of, uh, you know, tactics to use. So I like started drop shotting and I even on their Instagram pulled some clips off the GoPros of me drop shotting and just, you know, yanking up on some nice bats. Well, and one of them was that that rod is totally bent over. It's an ultralight, right? Yeah, it's an ultralight. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of times you hear drop shot and you want to go with a super light line, uh, like a six-pound test, and I had six-pound floral on that rod. Yeah, right. But the nice thing about that ultralight is is you can feel just the slightest nip from mm-hmm. a fish on that line. So, you know, I'd feel this two-tap. I'd let it sit a second and then just yank up, yep. and then they were just pulling drag. Mm-hmm. So that was a gas. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned so, about the ultralights. Um, when I was in Canada a few years ago fishing for walleyes, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I had a medium a medium light rod, and my father in law had a bunch of ultralights, and literally, like, I couldn't catch a fish to save my soul. And all of a sudden, it gave me an ultralight, and I was able to do it. You were slamming fish, yeah, yeah. and just because of the, the oh the, the sensitivity for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it. that was a gas, man, because, I mean, <laughs> I was casting out a little bit and then just kind of working that bait back. Yeah. But um, most of my hits uh, and hookups came where I was almost like just vertical jigging that thing. Right. You know, just sitting there and just shaking the head so that worm was just kind of flapping yep. in the water. Yep. And, I mean, they were just smacking that bait and, you know, mm-hmm. setting the hook on that. And then fighting them on an ultralight, you know. We're talking 16, 17-inch fish, you know. Yep. I mean, yeah, I would have liked it to be a 20. But, sure. I mean, 16 or 17-inch largemouth bass on an ultralight rod is just a blast. gas. Oh, for you know? <laughs> Like, you can't beat that, Mm-mm. you know. That's like going for a sleigh ride, as uh, Steve McGee would call, <laughs> you know, on a catfish. But, uh yeah, it was, it was, you know, the home lake's been heating up, and uh, I'm in the process of uh, editing a video. I worked on it a lot this morning, and, you know, again, I'm having computer issues as normal, so I'm working that out, but that'll be up. You know, I know I talk a lot about the home lake, and, you know, you've been out there numerous times this year, so uh, I'm trying to put together the footage from, like, the past two weeks. And that has like that, that northern blow-up on top water too, doesn't it? Oh yeah, that's a yeah. great. Oh yeah, where do you guys see that? That's yeah, awesome. yeah, and I did a uh, <clears throat> the editing on that's pretty cool because it kind of zooms in as Don't that buzz away, bait's man. coming across. Don't give it away. Yeah. The, the world premiere hasn't gone out yet. I mean, <laughs> stay tuned to the next YouTube episode. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely cool. Well, you definitely we talk about new tactics. You definitely did a lot more drop shop drop shotting than I've ever done. Uh, and you had a lot of look at it this year. The other yeah. one, the other one was Ned Rig. Ned Rig, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to focus mostly on finesse fishing this sure. year. Um, you know, I've I've always been a power fisherman. Um, 
you know, I'm always good with a Senko, but I've never like really given the drop shot a chance. And then the Ned rig is kind of newer, um, but the Ned rig has worked out awesome for me as of recently. Now, like Mike, that saved me a couple trips. A couple you know? trips, yeah. Uh, like Evergreen, if I wouldn't have figured out that TRD hogs, man, right? I'd, I'd, you know. Were you working the weeds there though? Because that's usually like my discrepancy with the Ned rig is if I got a rock bottom, I love it. Yeah. If if I if I got any ounce of weeds, like it's the most painful thing to work. So I think I was telling you at Evergreen, I was ripping that thing through the weeds. I uh, I would jig it, you know, because it's it's a sandy gravel bottom mostly. And you were using the creature. And yeah, well, I was using the uh, the Ned rig. Um, Actual hook, right? The, the light, but one. the TRD hogs. But I was had the TRD hogs on it, and it almost like a crayfish kind of. Right? Yeah, it, it looks similar to a crayfish. It's like a small creature bait almost. But um, I'd bounce that, and then when I got to the weed edge, I'd just rip it through the weeds. Right. And then when it came shooting out of those weeds, <clears throat> and I'd let it drop. That's when the fish were. You know what's right. funny is I went on a guided trip on Big Green a few years ago. Sure. With uh, a, a professional. Uh, a guy that fish, fish the bass masters and stuff and yeah um his name is greg uh greg hout okay and um one of the techniques he used is he'd do the football jigging yeah 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 yeah. and he said the same thing he's like when you get in the weeds he goes you got to rip that out like if they're breaking loose out of those weeds sure he goes and then when they drop that's when those things hammer, hammer. it's always when you're coming out of the weeds and yeah. And he was he was like hardcore with that approach, and he, we we caught a few fish, but uh, um, it sounds similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To what you were doing. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but even still, like uh, just bouncing that off of rocks, right? Um, huge, huge game changer. We were, so we're, we're up in this smallmouth excursion in Canada, and uh, I'm driving the boat, right? So I don't have many options for like throwing because you know. Sure. My father-in-law's in the front of the boat yeah, yeah. or whatever. So I'm, like, just dropping a Ned Rig over the back, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm bouncing it off the rocks. And I'm literally, it was every cast, every time I dropped it down, like, I would pull up a fish. It was nonstop. And I'm, I'm finally getting fished, right, because I'm driving the boat. I'm doing all this stuff. And my father-in-law, who's, like, the captain of walleye jigging, goes, come on, we got to move. You know, I got to start throwing or whatever, I'm like, throwing? I'm like, I'm finally getting into the fish, you know? <laughs> and, um, but bouncing off those rocks, man, those smallies, they just couldn't resist it. it oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I think it was a, a conversation we had with Jay, and he's like, anytime there's rocks, man, I'm pulling out that Ned rig. And I think that was from him fishing the Kishwaukee River. They caught um, 30 or something that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and his buddy. <coughs> and I yeah. asked him, I said, so you got, got them all in net? I'm like, where were you using it? And he goes... Is anywhere there was rock bottom, that's where we yeah, yeah, yeah. Just banging yeah. off the rocks. And and I'll attest to that, man. I mean, pretty much anywhere where I've gotten fish, with the exception of Evergreen, I mean, it was a gravel bottom, but I was plugging that thing through the yeah. weeds. And yeah, sometimes you'd hook up on some grass and you'd have to, you know, that that cast was dead. But, right. Um, you know, cleaning it off and then just shooting it through there. So have you used the weedless Ned rigs? Uh, I no, have. I no, have. I have not. And they're, it's pointless. Well, I have some of their small In jigs yeah. um, uh, that are kind of like, you know, just your regular bass jig. Um, and I fished one of those, I think it was at Newton. And, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be weedless. And, no. Yeah, it's yeah. Not very weedless. Well, we looked at the VMC. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeans today. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what was interesting about their weedless approach, instead of having one heavier yeah. piece of wire, they had a few. It had two in a v. on V, yeah. which I thought was kind of unique. Yeah, I'm sure, curious. Sure, sure. I might try those next year yeah. just to see if that makes a difference. Yeah. But I like your approach on you know ripping it out of the weeds and, and letting it fall. It's a good thing they carry those at Fleet Farm <laughs> right up the road from the new <laughs> world headquarters of Paddle and Finn. International. Yeah, international. I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember, we have one fan yeah. in Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Hey, he's actually watching. No way. Yeah, so I'll jump awesome. on. So awesome. Yeah. But uh yeah. <laughs> We're going worldwide. So so I guess let's talk about some new product stuff that we've seen. We mentioned that V um the V crate. The yeah, V yeah, crate, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of over the top, the opposite way. We we talked about the pro nav today. Do you want me to get into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Touch on it because I mean, <laughs> I I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm I'm looking at a new depth finder for next season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my Lowrance is a little outdated, and uh, I'd like to get a little bit bigger screen and uh, get side imaging for sure. Sure. Um, yeah, it might be overkill, but for my plans next year. Um, I think it's almost a necessity. Um, but, yeah, why don't you start off with that, the, the pro nav. So um, if you follow Joe Herrick yeah, yep. or you follow uh, uh, any of the New Canoe guys or you go to the New Canoe website, um, one of the things they tout is uh, not only a stern uh, motor mount, right, um, yep. but also a bow. Sure. So you can you can they have a install installer plate for the the bow as well, which is really like those just like in a regular boat that sort of slide off sort of uh, uh, trolling motor right that uh, kind of works off the front of the boat. What's interesting about it though is a company called ProNav. They have an app for the iPhone and for the iPad and what have you. And basically, what you do is you buy one of the compatible bow mount motors. Sure. And then this thing basically integrates it, so you've got spot lock, you've got uh, uh, the ability to do like uh, 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 trolling contours, yeah. right? So set it to like I, w- I just want to troll the the thirteen foot you know contour oh, on yeah, the shoreline, yeah, for and sure. it basically you set it and forget it. It's got a little remote control. Uh, for anyone out there that wants to check it out, it's called Pro. It's I think it's Pronev.com. I think is where you find it. Um, but it's unbelievable. I mean, like when I'm thinking about fishing Delavan here, you know, there's some deep spots in the middle of the lake. Sure. Which I wouldn't be able to put an anchor down anyway. No. So if there was no. even a, a slight breeze, I'm going to be off the spot in two seconds. Well, not only that, but just uh, just boat traffic in general. Well, well sure. Knocking sure. you around, you know. Sure, what I mean? sure. But I mean, like during the week when it's there's no one on the water, and I want to go out and maybe fish some of those holes for crappie or sure or whatever. Sure. Um, spot lock would be pretty essential, you know. So oh, yeah. Okay, my my motors, my gears are already turning. <laughs> um, as far as uh, something like this, it's not cheap. I think it's. Uh, Six hundred and fifty bucks for the unit, and then of course you got to buy your bow trolling motor plus the sure, mounts. Sure, sure. So it's not going to be cheap, but uh, uh, I'm seeing some of these guys use these, and it's pretty impressive stuff. Well, I mean, I think that you know that gets into the subject that we talked about a little bit last episode. You know, it's like it, it, there's so many new technologies coming out for kayaks that almost make it like like you have that big bass boat, but Without you a don't. Doubt. Right, right. You know, right. but. Um, it's cool, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, if if the KBF, KBL, you know, all these kayak fishing leagues allow the the electronic motors, right. 
it's going to be a whole new ball game, right. a whole new fishing game. Sure. You know, because if you can, you know, like I'm talking about getting a new depth finder uh, with side scan, you know, for finding structure. Sure. Especially in big open bodies of water. Sure. And say you find that structure and it's out in the center of the lake, and you can go out there and just hit spot lock. Right. You're there. And you, you don't have to sure. worry about pedaling or paddling mm-hmm. and keeping on that spot or yeah. trying to anchor in a heavy wind. Yep. You're going to slam the fish, and you're the guy that's going home with a check over right. the next guy. Right. You know, so it, it, it all depends. I mean, if you can set that up and utilize that in a tournament scenario, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, that's the way to go. Right. I mean, you know, you know me. I'm a paddling snob, you know. I, I love paddling, but, you know, when it comes to tournament fishing and, you know, even like you said, just going out here on a big body of water and right. being able to utilize that spot lock, or even if you wanted to troll, you know, oh, I think we were doubt. talking earlier, you know, <clears throat> drop shotting, putting that thing on slow and following a contour right. line. Once you find that depth that yep. those fish are in, dude, it's lights out, game right. over. Well, it's like we were fishing on the river. I mean, um, that smallie, one of the smallies I caught was literally. I was trolling with the trolling yeah, motor. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's six foot of water, but right, I mean, you right, know, still, still. You know, you can feel that that crank bouncing off the bottom. You know. Yeah, and that's perfect. I mean, in that kind of yeah. setting, you want that crank just <laughs> just digging that bottom. And I learned that from Scott Purs fishing uh, the Mississippi River up um, up in Red Wing, Minnesota. Sure. We he's like, you keep letting line out till you feel that crankbait just ticking the bottom. Sure. And that would just drive fish crazy. Yep. And yep. next thing you know, we're landing walleyes hand over fist. Well, I just I just took you on a tour earlier, kind of kind of where we're at here, sure. the condo and kind of you know yeah. the different parts of the the lake. And what's interesting, and you've been here before, but um, what's interesting is, I think having something like that would open up oh. the the deeper aspects of the lake. Whereas whereas if I if you didn't have that, yeah. Yeah, you maybe could find some spots with the depth finder, but staying on them would be tough. Oh, it'd be super tough. You know it'd what I mean? Super so tough. It would kind of open up that that style of fishing, I guess. Is what. It yeah, means. it would open up a a whole new door of fishing tactics that right. you could utilize out in those deeper holes. Right, for which sure. I would never fish if I just had a paddle in my hand. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Totally get it. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I, you know, Bonafide's got that. Uh, pre-drilled mounting system in the back of theirs for either a trolling mm-hmm. motor and or the power pole, power pole you know yeah and i've seen jay use his power pole and i've been like seriously considering it sweet. because yeah yeah if you could have some kind of anchor point like that like mm-hmm. that's huge oh yeah huge oh, yeah, without a doubt. you know while i'm messing around trying to paddle myself back into place he's just sitting there casting <laughs> right. away you know <laughs> right. smiling right. Hey, what's up, buddy? You know, you just getting blown around in the wind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, then that's the thing, man. Like, we keep talking about it. It's, it's so cool to see, like, all the big boat stuff get transferred over into the kayak fishing world, I mm-hmm. think. Um, how much the kayak fishing world is going to take to certain things is still up in the air. Sure. Um, you know, but... Like with everything, you know, give it time and, you know, everybody's going to be on the bandwagon for sure, sure, you know. So, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm not committed yet, but uh, it's got my gears turning. Well, that's like we were talking uh, depth finders uh, when we had Steve McGee on, and he was talking about that Garmin unit, and it's like fifteen hundred bucks for the what is uh, live scan or something like that. Right, 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 right. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not dumping that kind of money. Well, me and him have the same depth finder. We both have that yeah. Ray Marine Dragonfly, Dragonfly Five, and you both have issues, and we both have the exact same issue yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, where it just goes goes yeah. dark, and then all of a sudden, at some point later, it picks up again. Yeah. Um, and apparently, it's it's a design. Yeah, I mean, um. my Lowrance is it it still works. Um, once in a while, for some reason, my screen like just dims, um, and then I just have to go back and readjust the brightness on it. So, is there a separate transducer for the side? Or is it all built into the same? No, uh, side imaging is, is yeah. So basically like down imaging or down scan, side imaging, like those are different transducers typically. But they're in the same physical package, right? So you don't have to have like a separate transducer, or do you? No, 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 no. Um, so like the transducer that's on my Lowrance now, it, it does have down scan. Right. Um, but for side scan, that transducer, instead of being compact and mm-hmm. like three inches by an inch and a half, that's what I was looking at when we were at Fleet Farm. It's it's more of a flat square, and it's it's a lot bigger. But the one flat square does everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, because if you look at it from the side, it kind of like angles down in sure. the center or angles up going out to the sure. sides. So it can kind of get that view. Which leads me to my next, I guess where I was going with this was, what challenges does that bring to where you mount it? Meaning, can you, can you mount it through the hull? Or does that have to hang below the, blo- below the boat, I would assume? Uh, I think it depends on your boat. Okay. I think I'll be fine mounting it on my black pack. Uh, okay. I'll be interested so on, to see. Just on the radial arm? Yeah, as long just as that on the arm. That, below yeah, your boat. Okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Okay. I think as long as that, uh, as long as the transducer gets below the hull of the yeah. boat, I'll be fine. Okay. You know, if not, um, my other thought was to try rigging it up somewhere underneath the uh, black box. Gotcha. So. Very cool. I think we just lost our live feed, but that's all right. That's all right. We went long enough, I think, <laughs> on that. Does it say how long we went? Because I don't even know where we're at. Uh, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're getting getting close to the end here. Um, <clears throat> so I guess the last thing to really talk about, or we were going to talk about, was um, the search for a new kayak is still under. Oh yeah, underway. There's always a search for a new <laughs> kayak going on. Yeah, I mean, you got the place up here, so you've been like going back yeah. and forth on some different options and such. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, I started looking. We started looking at more pedal kayaks, and I think, from my perspective, right now, I'm really interested in the Old Town Predator. Sure. Um, sure. That 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 seems to be leading the uh, the charge there. The other thing is, I'm still waiting for New Canoe to come out with his pivot drive. Sure. That was supposed to be out by October. Yeah. It's still not out yet, which right. is. No yeah. surprise. New canoe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and there's the new Bonafides. I know you're, oh, you talked a little yeah. bit about getting one for your daughter. You get me excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. In your situation, I know we talked about it, but, uh, you know, my opinion was is uh, 
you know, leave your new canoe up here, right. trolling motor, big right. body of water, right. be perfect, and then get something smaller for, for home. back yeah. at, at actual home, you know, for uh, just car towing around, you know, sure. or roof racking around. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, that can go both ways, you know. Yeah. I, I, I it, it's forth. a hard decision. If it I was is. in your position, I don't know what I'd do. Sure. I'd probably end up with six different boats, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, a mound of debt because I bought six different boats. But, yeah, I um, I definitely have been looking at a pedal drive as well because I want to fish tournaments next season, and I think that's going to be a, a key feature I'm going to need to utilize. Um, so I'm actually looking at the new big rig pedal drive um which jay was supposed to be on this episode talking about but uh, unfortunately he had some issues but uh he uh he had nothing but great things to say about that thing yeah. and uh well, from our conversation he said it that boat's definitely going to give hobie the, the run for pro the money. angler the, the run yeah. for the money for sure well, what i really like about jackson's pedal drive system is you don't have to think about it like yeah yeah, that dagger. All the other board. ones, all the other ones, you get you lock in, and they're locked in until you pull them out. Sure, sure. And and what I like about Jackson is it's meant to break away if you yeah. hit shallow or you hit something. Yeah, that dagger board pushes up into it the does. bottom of the boat and brings a prop up. That's and pretty sweet. Keeps it safe. Super sweet. Absolutely. But get this: so <clears throat> the plot thickens with the pedal drives too because that blue sky boat works. Yeah, yeah. It's thirty four hundred bucks. Yeah. So think wait no think about that the big rig is going to be like thirty four hundred bucks thirty two is what they're is what Do you know James what I'm saying guessing. you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying though yeah. like that's not that far off no 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 like they're pretty close right yeah the big the big difference with that is is you're going to be sitting a lot higher out of the water yeah um, so you're going to be more like a sail sure you know sure so but stability wise. Dude, you could throw a disco party on that thing with five people. Well, and it comes with the boondocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> And yeah. It's, it's it's like an open platform. Like. Yeah. Actually, Jay posted a video of that. Uh, it was Drew Gregory Yeah. dragging the blue sky with the boondocks down. Really? I think it's on his Instagram. If not, it's on his Facebook. Actually, I take that back. It's on both. Okay. Because he links both sure. of his pages sure, together sure, sure. for his postings. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty slick. Drew comes by and he's just like smiling. What's up, Jay? You know, and he's like dragging that thing like it's no big deal, you know. So uh, it it was actually pretty cool. So I don't know. I mean, my old man was like all excited about that boat, but he's like, you know, I don't know if I want to spend that on a sure on a kayak, you know, this and that. But you know, now he's looking at you know big boats and things like that. <laughs> Is he so, really? Yeah, you know. He changes his mind like he changes his underwear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely uh, – I'm interested to see that big rig in action and uh, actually get in and demo it. Um, it looks super sweet. It does. Super it does. sweet. And it, it's got some of the same features that that Hobie PA-14 has. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't really have any backups as far as – you know, pedal kayaks goes sure. that I'm interested in, but uh, I am definitely interested in. Uh, oh, man, I'm going back and forth. Like, you know, Bonafide just came out with the uh, 117, right? Which is pretty sharp. It's it's like a more, um, 
But it's not a pedal kayak, though. It's right? not a pedal kayak. It's a, it's a paddle. Um, thinking about getting it for my daughter right. and also a backup for myself. Um, I don't want to say like a dumbed-down version of the SS-127, but it is... Um, smaller version. It's, it's a smaller version. Um, they changed up a few um, things on it, like the front hatch isn't a hatch it's just a a plastic indentation in the in the hall and then it's got a cover that goes over but it's still got the paddle holder in the actual cover um the back is pretty pretty much the same seats a little different um it's still got the center dry box rack um, things like that. Um, my daughter likes the new color, you know, so that's the only thing. I kind of have like a girlish boat. But uh, they're also coming out with that sitting kayak that they claim you can stand and fish out of, which is smaller. But I've also thought about getting a smaller boat, sure. sitting like that for river fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could take that down a river and then, you know, get to some calm water and stand out of that thing, that would be mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm all over the board. You guys know me. I'm well, a, I am too. I'm a huge bonafide nut, you know. <laughs> so someday maybe they'll come knocking on my door and want me to be a you know fishing team or something. <laughs> well that wraps up another one, man. Yeah. Campfire stories. Oh man. Yeah. I think we should throw Jay under the bus this time around. Why don't you go ahead and throw Jay under the bus yeah. and we'll wrap it so, up. So Jay was supposed to be on this podcast, and uh, Jay took his, his nice, beautiful son out to dinner the other night and was chomping on a cheeseburger and at a McDonald's or a Burger King and ended up getting a piece of something in his burger patty and cracked his tooth. <laughs> Had to have a full tooth extraction. So he, he can't really talk very much at this current point in time. So we hope Jay's doing better. That's but why he wasn't on the pod. Yeah. That's why he wasn't on the pod. He texted us both and was like talking gibberish because he was <laughs> he was on some kind of painkiller and yeah said he had never been better after he got a tooth pulled out I, of his face. I sent him a text after you told me it happened yeah. and I said, "Hey Jay, sorry to hear about your tooth." Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, it's awesome." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so probably, was, I forget what they gave him. He told me it was like hydrocodone or something. And yeah, it was some, it was some powerful, more powerful than hydrocodone. And I'm sure he was on cloud nine. Like, yeah, I'm awesome. But um, yeah, so we hope Jay's doing better and uh, he's going to get back on. And we had started recording his podcast, but we were having connection issues. So we had tried to reschedule, but then he cracked his tooth. So now they, everyone gets us. Yeah, just us too. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Jay will be back on. Uh, he's going to talk about the. He just got back from the Jackson Kayak Summit, so he saw all these new Jackson boats. He's in the new Liska, um, so he definitely wants to talk about that. Well, plus we got um, um, a local kayak shop. Yeah, that's going to be on yeah. the show as well, talking about a variety of different kayaks. Yep. And... Yeah, he he's got a, a skinny on some newer kayaks coming out. Um, he's a super cool guy. Uh, I become friends with him. He's a, he's a kayak maniac. So that's awesome. We'll talk to him. Yep. Him uh, coming up this week. So sounds good. Yeah. Sorry, we left you guys hanging for a little bit there. We were on like a every week streak, and then we kind of <laughs> had to 
hit a Stuff lull because, yeah. yeah, well, you know, connection issues, you know. Well, plus the world headquarters. Health issues, <laughs> you know. I had health issues too, but we won't go there. No, yeah, we probably but, won't. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, had to close on the world headquarters. So. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to get our first pod in up here. So, yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. So I look forward to many more up here. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, we had the live stream up. Thanks to all, yeah, those, all those folks that joined the live stream. Absolutely. And, um, maybe you could tell, uh, uh, kind of kick us off as far as where to find us. Yeah. So, everybody, uh, you want to send us a question, comment, uh, anything, uh, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, the word fin, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook uh, or Facebook page, same thing. Search Paddle, the letter N in Finn. And along with Instagram, uh, we're constantly posting new content, uh, fishing pictures, fishing trips, uh, doing live streams, you know, things like that. So um, definitely check out our YouTube channel as well. That's Paddle, the letter N in Finn. And uh, if you guys want to leave us a live comment or a question um, that we could play on a future podcast, log into the Anchor Podcast app. And actually, I think you can even send it without being logged in. I think you can send a message. Okay, cool. So you don't have to download the app, I believe. Yeah. I believe you can just go to our page. Um, again, just search Paddle and Finn, yeah. and you can leave a message, and then we can replay it on a podcast and uh, answer your question or say thanks for the nice comments or, you know, you got something bad to say, we can say something bad back to you. <laughs> We're just kidding. We love you guys. We'll catch you on the next pod. Thanks for tuning in, uh, especially on the live stream. You know, it seems like that went well. Maybe we'll try that on another one. So until next time, tight lines, smooth paddling, and we'll catch you next time. Next time it is. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.